Hello and welcome to the Will Preach for Food podcast. My name is Doug. I'm a pastor here at Faith Lutheran Church in Shelton, Washington. We're a congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. You can learn more about faith at our website, www.faithshelton.org. I want to thank you for making this podcast a part of your day. Today's scripture reading involves the, the phrase, your faith has saved you. And this is one of the most powerful and misunderstood statements in the Bible. What is faith? What is salvation? Did Jesus heal or did Jesus save? Is there a difference? Saved from what? Saved for what? And what is faith anyway? What does it have to do with salvation? Was there something distinct about Bartimaeus, his faith, that was remarkable? And why was Bartimaeus healed when so many others over the centuries don't receive healing? These are huge questions. I don't pretend to know all the answers, but I think today's reading from Mark chapter 10 can point us to the mercy of Jesus and to the source of our hope, to the source of our faith. So turn to Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52, and let us pray as Bartimaeus did. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus, son of David, have mercy. Amen. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the 10th chapter, beginning at, the verse, at verse 46. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside, begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Here ends the reading. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus and his followers are on the final leg of their journey to Jerusalem. Jericho is about 18 miles from Jerusalem. One more travel day, a good night's sleep, and then time to enter Jerusalem at the height of tourism season, the week of the annual Jewish Passover festival. And there's Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, sitting outside Jericho along the roadside. Very strategic placement. Catch people as they're heading out toward the holy city. After all, it'd be poor form to ignore a poor, a poor blind beggar on your way to a religious pilgrimage. Now make no mistake, life is brutal in first century Palestine, even with 2020 vision. But to be blind, completely at the mercy of the whim and generosity of strangers, brutal. But when Bartimaeus learns that it's none other than Jesus of Nazareth passing by, he starts disturbing the peace. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the more he shouts, the more irritated the crowd gets. Who does he think he is? Someone mutters. Someone else threatens to call the police. Things haven't changed much. Someone who doesn't look or smell or act the right way, 
I know if that happens at church on Sunday morning, I kind of go into manage the situation mode. And Bartimaeus, yeah, he's one of those people. Of course, we're supposed to show compassion, but make sure he stays in his place. Different is dangerous. We want to keep them at a distance. In John chapter 9, there's another story about a beggar blind from birth. He's healed by Jesus outside of Jerusalem. It's said about the same time as this story. We don't know if it's the same blind beggar. We don't know it's Bartimaeus. But in that story, the disciples asked Jesus about the cause of the beggar's blindness. Who sinned, they asked, this man or his parents? Whose fault is it that he's born blind? See, the assumption then and now is that blindness is bad, that somehow uh, someone must have done something wrong to deserve this punishment from God. You know, things just haven't changed all that much. We still play the blame game, don't we? Especially when it comes to the plight of those people. What'd they do wrong? Why'd they make that choice? Their parents should have done something different. Well, Jesus hears the man yelling, And immediately he tells him to back off because he's scaring the others. No, that's not what Jesus does. Neither this man nor his parents sinned, Jesus had explained to the disciples in John chapter 9. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. So when Jesus hears the man yelling, he tells the crowd to call him over. Bartimaeus' prayer has been heard. Now, I don't know why bad things happen. I don't know why some people have eyes that see and some don't. I don't know why bad things happen or why there's so much suffering in the world. For that matter, I don't know why good things happen or why there's so much joy or beauty in the world. What I am convinced of through the teaching of the Bible and my own experience is that we, none of us, deserve any of it. Most of life is outside our control. Sure, many of our habits and choices have consequences. Whether or not I exercise regularly or choose to eat a third donut or show up for work on time or listen to my wife or watch pornography all day, it matters. The choices that I make matter. But the bigger questions of life and suffering and human existence are mystery. The marathon runner gets cancer and the lifelong smoker doesn't. So I don't know why Bartimaeus is blind or why a woman has cancer or why it hurts so much or why the young man had to die. It is part of the Bible story that while Jesus heals this man, Bartimaeus, of his blindness, there are lots of people that Jesus does not heal back then and and now, including people that we know. It's true that Bartimaeus receives his sight. It's also true that Bartimaeus eventually dies. The mortality rate then and now still hovers, right, about 100%. The Bible doesn't teach us how to avoid suffering and death. The Bible teaches us to trust and to put our hope in Jesus. That in your suffering, in your blindness, when you call out for God's mercy, God hears your prayer. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So in Mark chapter 10, verse 49, it says that Jesus stops and tells the crowd to call the blind man over. 
Jesus came, after all, to seek and to save, that not one of these little ones be lost, forgotten, or left behind. Jesus, throughout his ministry, consistently colors outside the lines, interacts with those people, the sorts of people that were seen by society as somehow less than. Sinners and prostitutes, government employees, tax collectors, women and children, immigrants, foreigners, the differently abled. Bartimaeus, Jesus knows, is not a demographic, not one of those people. Bartimaeus is a real live person, a precious child of God, not a mistake or a perpetrator. His blindness is neither his fault nor his primary identity. Jesus not only heals Bartimaeus, but he also gives the gift of new eyes to the crowd. After all, he says, you call him to me. I imagine he turned to the guy who had threatened to call 911 and said, don't call 911, call the guy over here. You bring the precious child of God to me. You, you get to be the one to bring him the good news that Jesus wants to see him. You tell him that Jesus has heard his cry and wants to listen and heal. Folks, do you see? Do you see? The people in the crowd are given new eyes, a new perspective, and a new message. All that fear and rebuke and condescension that they had before, Jesus replaces it. And they're invited to see what Jesus sees, a man, a precious child of God. The crowd was blind, and Jesus heals them. So cheer up, they say, which I think is a horrible translation. The word is to take heart, be of good courage, good news. This is your lucky day, we might say today. You just won the lottery, dude. You just found the golden ticket. Jesus wants to talk to you in person. On your feet, man, he's calling for you. And Bart jumps to his feet, sets aside his beggar cloak, and makes his way to Jesus. What a scene it must have been. I, I hope the scene would be that of the crowd kind of clearing the path, cheering him on, taking him by the arm, leading him to Jesus. That's what we're supposed to do, you know. Take people by the hand and lead people to Jesus, right? And there, face to face, Jesus says to him, Hi, my name is Jesus. I'll be your server today. What can I do for you? Now, this is the same question that he had asked James and John in the last story, the one we talked about last week. What do you, you want me to do for you? He had asked them, and now he asks Bartimaeus. And I have to believe this was on purpose. Because those disciples had been looking for a seat upgrade, a reward for their faith. And in response to their request, Jesus lectures them about humility, about using one's privilege to serve, not to be served. And now Jesus is asking, the, asking Bart, the blind beggar, what do you want me to do for you? I want to see, Jesus. Rabbi, I want to see. Now I looked up the root of the word for beggar in the Greek. Turns out that the root word for the term beggar is simply to ask. Bartimaeus is a beggar, an asker. Not from a position of power. Not like the godfather asking for a favor. But as someone who is absolutely vulnerable, powerless, and desperate. Show me a mercy, he says. Grant that I might receive my sight. And Jesus, the son of David, grants his prayer requests and tells him that he's free to go. Your faith has saved you. Now, like I said, this is one of the most powerful and I think misunderstood statements in the Bible. 
The word for salvation and health are the same, like I said. Does Jesus heal him or save him or both? Or is there even a difference? People once brought a paralyzed man to Jesus and he immediately told the man that his sins were forgiven. Thanks? Now, later, Jesus says, it's more or less the same, sins forgiven, being healed. Later, he says, rise, take up your mat and walk, and the man walks away. But for Jesus, forgiveness, being right with God, and being able to walk, they're all the same thing. It's all healing. It's all salvation. So what kind of healing takes place in the story of Bartimaeus? Is it that he can see people with new eyes, or is it that the people now see him with new eyes? And then what is salvation anyway? Saved from what? Saved for what? We say that to be saved is to be in right relationship with God and with the world and with one's self. Jesus says that salvation is eternal life, which he defines as knowing and trusting God in this life and in the life to come. Well, if that's faith then Bartimaeus is already saved. Now, to be clear, your faith has saved you is not the same as suggesting that a person with, quote, enough faith can be healed. Quite the opposite. Faith is not something that can be earned or accumulated. Christians don't accrue frequent prayer miles or brownie points that can get cashed in to relieve suffering or to grant three wishes. I once sat with a 92-year-old woman in a hospice room whose church family had abandoned her because somehow she didn't have enough faith to overcome her cancer and her congestive heart failure. 92 years old, and they left her to die alone. That's not Christian faith. No, faith is, well, faith is a blind beggar, hat in hand, at the feet of Jesus, asking for a mercy. Faith is the posture and desperation and attitude of a blind man with no home and no prospects, with no leverage and no frequent flyers, flyer miles, no brownie points or perfect Sunday school attendance. Faith is an outsider, an outlier, one of those people simply crying out to Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy on me. And that is faith, and that is salvation. Oh, the, the man receives his sight. Immediately he follows Jesus up to Jerusalem. And there in Jerusalem, Jesus will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law because Jesus himself was an outsider and an outlier. He's one of those people. And in Jerusalem, they would condemn him to death and hand him over to the Gentiles who would mock him and spit on him, flog him and kill him because that's what we do with people who are different, people who threaten our way of life. But three days later, Jesus would rise from the dead because not even death can keep God from loving us, from loving you, from showing you mercy. That's what faith is. Martin Luther, our 16th century namesake, he endured his fair share of suffering in his life, including the death of at least one of his children. And he always preached faith alone, grace alone, Christ alone. And on his deathbed, he made one last sermon, one final confession, he said, we are all beggars after all.
We are all beggars after all. Four takeaways for you. First, life happens. Don't spend too much energy trying to figure out why. Number two, don't stop praying. Jesus knows you, loves you, hears your prayer, has the power to save and to heal. Number three, it's our job to bring people to Jesus, not keep them away. Amen? Amen. And number four, we are all beggars after all. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Hope you'll check out our website, www.faithshelton.org, to learn more about the God of Jesus Christ, the God of Bartimaeus, the God who created you, who loves you, has a purpose for your life. Sign up for a weekly email. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to this podcast. You know the drill. Consider a financial donation to the ministries of faith. And I want to thank the people of Faith Lutheran Church for their love, for their prayers, for their ministry and mission, their presence in the world. And I want to thank Chaz for his podcast production every week. And I'll leave you with a blessing and a benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.